All right, today we're doing a throwback to launch on our sub-series for healthcare. We've got the CEO of IU Health, the largest healthcare entity in the state of Indiana, with Dennis Murphy, CEO, sharing some incredible leadership insights for healthcare. Let's get to it. Hey, it's Nikki Llewellyn, and you're on Gut Plus Science. This podcast is on a mission to increase engagement at work. And on this show, we equip CEOs and people-first leaders of all levels to make impact. Let's get to it. Today, we're going to unpack how people follow movements and not mandates. And today's guest takes the front runner on size with the highest employee count to date on the show. It's one thing to struggle with the new workplace of being so distributed and more people work from home than ever before and companies are growing by leaps and bounds in today's economy and launching new sites all over the earth. Now, add in tens of thousands of employees. Whew. Plus, this CEO is known for culture, and his company is on the top of their game for employee experience with some pretty high marks. Today, we're going to learn the keys to steering a ship, a big ship. I'm ready to welcome Dennis Murphy, CEO of IU Health, a healthcare mecca with just shy of 40,000 employees. From your perspective, why is culture important to the success of an organization and how does it impact business results? So Nikki, I think there are probably two important ways that culture matters. First is I think an external perspective that culture is really a differentiator for uh, any entity uh, when you're in a market where you're competing with others. So, you know, for us, it's a way that we present IU Health differently to the market uh, than other healthcare providers. And then I think it's really important and probably more important internally that it's a differentiator for you as an employer. It's how do you attract and retain really wonderful employees? You've got to have a culture that is different and quite honestly, in my mind, stands for something in order to, to allow that to happen. Very good. If you could think of anything else along the lines of uh, retention or um, employee engagement when it comes to looking at why people stay at IU Health because of what key elements of the culture, what comes to mind? You know, I think another one that's really important uh, within IU Health is um, we are the only health system in Indiana with the state's name in our corporate logo. And what that means for us is that our purpose is not just to care for individual patients, but it's actually to make a difference in the health of the state. And so we see time and time again that employees either come or stay because they believe they're serving a higher purpose uh, within the organization, that they're making a difference in their communities, in uh, the state writ large. Uh, as opposed to just another job in healthcare. And so uh, for us, that's a big part of our culture is that um, we are here for a different purpose than other healthcare systems and that we have a bigger responsibility and ideally a bigger impact. Uh, and that's really been for us a key recruitment and retention strategy. And interestingly, uh, across all spectrums of the employee base. So that works for, you know, high-end professionals like uh, physicians and nurses, but it's equally important for people who are in uh, some of our entry-level jobs that they know they're doing something meaningful every day. 
So Dennis, you've had many leadership roles in your life. Um, what were your key learnings about culture at places you worked before IU Health that you then brought into your role as CEO? So, you know, I think, Nikki, it starts probably uh, like everybody, you progress through your career and uh, increasingly uh, more complex levels of responsibility. But in my very first role uh, in healthcare, I managed a series of about 30 people. Uh, so then it was about microculture. How do you create a really good, healthy culture in that local environment? And, uh, you know, there are a lot of elements. It's about uh, transparency, openness, discussing and being clear about what the goals and the objectives of the organization, uh, even if it's within that 30 people mean. And I found that to be a universal throughout the roles. You know, I've been very fortunate to have worked at some wonderful places. I was at uh, Johns Hopkins for uh, 10 years early in my career, and it is a place uh, where the culture and notion of excellence is uh, steeped in every role, uh, everywhere in the organization. And uh, it becomes an expectation that everybody is going to be excellent at your job. And, and it's uh, really energizing to be a part of that. So again, what I brought with me is the higher uh, the expectations you have, actually people respond to that and they want to be a part of a place that's doing really important work and doing it well. From Northwestern, uh, where I spent about uh, 13 years you know, what I, I found there is how you uh, impact culture at scale. And I uh, was very fortunate uh, to come into an organization where the CEO uh, was really uh, focused on how you create a really strong culture. He had done that uh, over a 15-year period, and you could feel it. And so some of that was uh, clarity and consistency in the messaging around what's important. And Gary Mecklenburg was the CEO there who did that. And for 15 years, uh, their culture was around patients being first. And you saw not how that was just a statement, but how that wove its way into a thousand different management decisions that were made every day, um, where at the end of the day, if it didn't fit that construct, it wasn't the right answer for the organization. And so we're really trying to do that here at IU Health is how are you clear about uh, what is the culture you're uh, striving for and then reinforcing that each and every day that these are the expectations. And I think that comes from both my earliest experience and the most recent one uh, before coming here to IU Health. That's really good. And I'd like to go just a little bit deeper if we have anything else to add to this list that I'm making here on how to feel culture. And I heard you say clarity and consistency and messaging. And I heard you say having a construct for decision making. What else comes to mind? Feeling the culture. You know, I think the other one that's really powerful. Uh, and again, I'm Figuring this out uh, as you try and do this at scale across 35,000 people is storytelling, that you have to tell stories that reinforce uh, the culture you're trying to achieve. So uh, where we have great examples of where people have gone 
above and beyond to uh, demonstrate either excellence or compassion or how they've uh, gone out of the way to create a good team uh, to tell those stories. I also think uh, the negative stories are also really powerful to people that if you say uh, and be honest, here's where we failed in our culture, but here's how we responded and how we did something different. So I've told people that uh, a part of the CEO job is to be the uh, chief culture officer. And to do that well, you have to be a good storyteller. That's great. I'm curious to know, being a chief culture officer like yourself, what is the most important attribute that you look for in hiring individuals into the organization? You know, I I would love to say that it's one thing. Um, If I had to choose, uh, it's probably you you have to fundamentally get that in healthcare, uh, it's a different business. And this notion of being compassionate, I don't care what job you're in. If you are uh, a dietary person who never leaves the kitchen, but you understand that you're not cooking, uh, you know, food at McDonald's, that you're actually here serving patients, it makes a difference. And I would say the same thing for our executives uh, along the board, that if I had to pick one, you'd want to know that everybody has that as a baseline. I hear that we share a mentor, organizational leadership guru, Patrick Lencioni. Heard he made a special appearance at your last uh, leadership uh, conference. So um, I'd like to know from you, like what elements of Lencioni's work most resonate with you and why? Probably the most intriguing thought, and Pat has uh, a million uh, really wonderful thoughts, is this uh, broad notion that um, organizations are typically very smart, uh, meaning they have really great leaders. They have, you know, intellectually bright people. Um, They can come up with a strategy. They know how to do uh, finance at a broad scale. Uh, But a lot of those really smart companies fail. And when you uh, go back, and he's done a lot of research on why companies don't succeed, they don't succeed because they're not healthy. So uh, it's sort of this contrast that there are two parts to every organization. Are you smart and are you healthy? And the really great companies are both. And so we've spent a lot of time understanding what does it take to be a healthy organization? And uh, a lot of that is around clarity uh, of what your goals are, understanding and communicating those out broadly, and uh, really how do teams work together either, again, on this micro basis or a macro basis. So um, it's a really intriguing notion because in healthcare in particular, we're blessed by being surrounded by Uh, brilliant people. Uh, We have uh, pharmacists, we have technicians, we have nurses, we have doctors, we have uh, a plethora of really smart people. Um, But I'm not sure uh, our organizations are always healthy. And so uh, that construct has been really uh, one that's been helpful and useful to us as we think about uh, improving our culture. 
Good stuff. So looking at the healthy checklist, here's what I heard you say. Clarity on goals, communicating them clearly, and then how effectively our teams gel and work together. So Dennis, you recently introduced a revised and refreshed set of system-wide values at IU Health. Curious, why is this important to you? And can you tell us the values that you chose and why those values? Yeah, it was interesting because there's probably two elements to that. One is when IU Health was formed uh, over 20 years ago, our predecessor organization was Clarion Health. A really important part of that initial organizational structure was an articulation of values. And uh, I would describe them as constitutional values. So they were long, they were wordy, they were complex, but they got to the core of who we wanted to be as a new organization. And then over that 20 years, uh, we grew tremendously from an organization that was three hospitals and roughly uh, $1.5 billion to now 17 hospitals, 400 locations uh, around the state an over $6 billion organization that some of that was organic growth, some of that was through acquisition, that everybody had different ways that they articulated their values. And we had no common language. And so I have used the analogy that we felt a lot like the European Union, where uh, there were some common uh, beliefs uh, in the EU you know, they all believe in democracy. They all believe in free trade. Uh, they all believe in free travel between the countries. But every single one of them speaks a different language. So you couldn't communicate to one another and you couldn't talk about uh, what's really important. That we needed to take a step back, given where we were, and say, how do you create a set of values that embodies who we are uh, and what people believe? but that it's in a language that everybody understands that they're not constitutional. I think generationally, we understand we have about 20 seconds uh, of people's attention that if we can't say what's important to us in 20 to 30 seconds, we're going to lose people. And so it was really the combined need to create some uh, uniformity across the system so we could talk about what's important to us in a similar way, and also to simplify them so that every one of the 35,000 people could say, I know what our values are and here's what they are. And what are those values and why did you pick those specifically? So there are four of them. Uh, It is uh, serving with purpose, excellence, compassion, and team. And Uh, It was a really interesting process. So we decided um, the wrong way to create our values was just to have a group of people in our corporate office say, here's how we want to state our values. We actually felt like this had to be uh, an articulation of what people felt organically in the organization was important. So we actually, out of our 35,000 employees, got feedback from 10,000 of them. So just about a little shy of a third of our employees, either through uh, group word cloud uh, activities, online surveys, and focus groups, provided input to say, 
Um, if you were to talk about what are the most important parts of IU Health and what are the values you think we should espouse, um, give us your feedback. And we took those 10,000 responses and distilled those down to those four values I just described. So this was much more of a bottom-up organic uh, activity than a top-down, uh, we're going to tell you what our values are. And the, the positive part of that is they've been incredibly well-received because it feels like a mirror. Uh, it's reflecting who we are and what we aspire to be rather than uh, what people feel like they're being told to do. Great. So Dennis, this show is all about driving employee engagement, which influences higher levels of performance, longer tenure, and just overall human life fulfillment. And so when you think employee engagement, how do you define it? And what do you think is at the core of influencing it? I think of uh, engagement very much the way you described it is, do you have a passion for what you do every day? And are you, you know, I use the phrase every day, I'm excited to get up early and come in because I know we're making a difference. Uh, every day is you want every employee in the organization to see and feel that. And, and I think the, the notion of our values are part of a broader set of activities around how we uh, talk about something called the IU Health Way, which is really a combination of our values, our vision. And uh, we say our vision here is simply to make Indiana one of the healthiest states in the country. And then What's our promise to each and every person who comes to us seeking care? And that's to deliver the best care designed for that patient. Um, that those three things in combination are really about providing a framework in which everyone should say, see their job and can be successful in their job. And I think that's part of what is engaging uh, to people. They want to know they're making a difference that this is not just a 40 hour a week, punch the clock uh, kind of place. And, and we've seen that from our employees that um, that's where they want to be. That's uh, an organization they want to be a part of. It's got to be coupled with actions though. And I think that's the second part of this is, you know, really good organizations are clear and articulate uh, about where they want to go. And then you've got to have a set of reinforcing behaviors that employees can see that you're serious about it and you mean it. Absolutely. So I'm curious to know, how do you measure success with regards to organizational culture? Probably on uh, a couple fronts. One is, you know, we have a whole series of key performance metrics that we look at. And if your culture uh, is healthy and moving in the right direction, you can set goals for the organization and you achieve those goals because you've got the hearts and minds of people engaged enough that you can say, here's what we're trying to accomplish and all the oars are pulling in the right direction. So for us, there are economic metrics we need to hit. There are quality and safety metrics we want to hit. There are patient satisfaction uh, and engagement metrics we want to hit. 
And there are also just uh, intramural employee engagement metrics we want to hit. And if we're not hitting those on a consistent basis, there's something not right in our culture that we've missed something. And so um, I think that's one element of it. The other element, I think uh, a little bit like our very first question of why is it important is I think the culture, we measure cultural success by are we a thriving and growing business that if we're not projecting that out to the market, that our culture is different and special and that uh, people should choose us instead of choosing others, then we've missed the mark with the culture as well. So in wrapping this up, and being a new year from your leadership development perspective, you know, everyone on this that's listens for the most part, they're in a leadership role. What would be from, you know, just your own experience, a habit or, or any couple habits that have really influenced your development as a leader that you would recommend to our listeners and especially something that they can put on their list for the 2019 year that if they aren't doing this particular habit or these habits, what would you recommend? Maybe I'll give you two. Uh, one is um, I'm really conscious about not listening to the same 20 to 40 people tell me how we're doing as an organization. So um, I'm very conscious when I look at my calendar for the week, how many new and different people am I talking to about how we're doing, what we're doing, what could we do differently um, so that you have a more holistic picture of your performance. And uh, that uh, applies to a micro environment leader, meaning if you're managing 30 people or if you're managing 35,000 people, I think you've got to uh, get out and talk to people and understand how you're doing, but also to absorb and hear new ideas. And then the other is, I think, being pretty disciplined around, um, I create two lists every week. Uh, how am I moving the strategy of the organization forward? And how am I moving the core performance of the organization forward? It's a lean construct and making sure that when I think about how am I going to spend my time that week, do I have an appropriate balance of doing both? And, and are we making substantial improvements? So just that discipline of uh, time management and making sure you've got your time allocated to the right buckets of work. Dennis, thank you for your leadership and the impact that you and all of your employees make on such a big portion of our country. I really loved learning from you today, and I know our listeners would say the same. Um, we're going to take a quick break and hear from our sponsor message and then come back to learn a little bit more about the personal side of you, Dennis, with what we call our lightning round. We'll be right back. So in our efforts to launch this healthcare sub-series on gut plus science, my why is Wambi. Wambi specializes in serving the industry that needs the most support, love, and gratitude, and that's healthcare. Together with Wambi, we will be building a community of people-first healthcare leaders and influencers to make a big positive impact on patient satisfaction and overall experience of patients and families, and also engagement of the very valuable healthcare workers in this world. So visit Wambi.org to learn more and hit me up. If you want to talk about the cool partnerships we're working on at Wambi, Nikki and I, K-K-I at Wambi, W-A-M-B-I.org. It'll be in the show notes too. And I am so grateful to be part of this team and part of this movement. Many cool things to come. 
All right. Welcome back to Gut Plus Science. We're at what we call our lightning round. We're here to learn just a little bit more about the personal side of Dennis Murphy, CEO of IU Health. So Dennis, you can just give us short answers. We'd love to just get a little bit of insight on these questions. So it's probably hard to do, but if you could share with us your very favorite book or one that you would recommend to our listeners today. Like a lot of leaders, I'm a pretty voracious reader, but one of my favorite books is a book called When Breath Becomes Air. Uh, It was written by a physician who has terminal lung cancer, and so it's a great insight into uh, what it means to be a physician and become a physician. Also deals with uh, issues around end-of-life care and decision-making and provides a great insight into uh, healthcare in general. So a uh, really well-written, quick read, and uh, a great book. Wonderful. And how about a favorite vacation spot? My favorite spot uh, is in the Florida Keys uh, in Isla Morada. Uh, I tell people it's uh, a way to be in a Caribbean environment without needing a passport. Wow. I'm going to check that out. Okay. Favorite hobby when you're not working? I am uh, the son of a uh, contractor, so I like to uh, build or do uh, anything around the house. Uh, It's in contrast to my job uh, where I say everything gets done by committee or group. Um, This is something pretty solitary. I also find it a great way to work with my kids and my wife. Uh, We do a lot of talking while we're doing working. And Dennis, how can our listeners connect with you after the show? Uh, probably the easiest way is uh, via email. Uh, my email address is dmurphy11 at iuhealth.org. Dennis, thank you for helping us understand how to make our company culture the differentiator. All right, here's my key takeaways. Feel your culture. How? Clarity and consistency in messaging, a clear construct for leaders of all levels to make good decisions, and storytelling. Tell stories that reinforce the culture you're trying to build. Build a healthy workplace. How? Clarity on goals, clearly communicating goals, and empowering and assisting teams to work together. And finally, shift from constitutional values to values that embody who you are. How? Be able to share your values in 20 seconds or less. Human's attention span is shorter than ever. So get employee feedback on crafting the values as well. And note how Dennis talked about having a sample size, give feedback versus the entire workforce and make the change of values a movement and not a mandate. Good stuff. Try some of this until next week. We just left the world a little bit better. Now go do something with it.